What I do love is those moments talking with moms and dads and with kids. I call those little moments, little treasures I stick in my pocket to remember, right? You know, when you see a young boy show up at a game for the first time and, you know, let, let's say struggle to throw a ball because they really haven't had that exposure before. And then you, you watch later that, that season, that boy and dad having to catch an outfield pregame. You know, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty moving and pretty impactful. And it's those kinds of experiences and stories that are so, to me, transformative. Welcome to Freewheeling with Carden. This podcast shares stories of people with various disabilities and shines a new light on accessibility topics. Our goal is to knock down barriers so we can roll through life a little easier and build a community to do this together. Please rate and follow this podcast or text Carden at 470-588-1215 with comments and suggestions. We welcome you on your journey towards inclusion for all. And now, your host, Carden Wyckoff, global disability advocate and wheelchair warrior. Welcome back to another episode of Freewheeling with Carden. I have Peter Lodka in the house connecting virtually with me today. Welcome, Peter. Well, thank you for having me, Carden. I appreciate uh, you having me on today. Yeah. And I'm so excited to hear about your impact in the disability space. Um, you have a nonprofit that works with children with developmental and uh, physical disabilities. So speak to where that idea came from. Yeah. So I have five children and my oldest daughter is now 19. But when she was really young, six or seven, she played t-ball and I was coaching her playing t-ball. And I was standing on the field watching all these kids and playing. And I kind of looked over onto the side of the field and saw a kid in a wheelchair. And the thought came to my mind like, oh, I wonder where they play ball. You know what I mean? Like it, it just you know, it was just a fleeting thought. Like, I wonder where they play baseball or if they have, if they have something for a kid, you know, who has a physical disability to, to play baseball. And it was a fleeting thought at the moment, but it kind of hung in, in the back of my mind. And not too shortly after that, I happened to be watching TV and saw a special, I, I think it might've been on HBO, uh, Brian Gumble sports show where they did a, uh, um, you know, a segment on kids playing modified football, which kind of re-sparked the memory of the event on the t-ball field with my daughter. And I thought, oh, wow, there are programs out there for kids with disabilities. And I started like poking around my area, which is uh, Orange County, New York area, just uh, about an hour and a half north of New York City. And, I, you know, I, I certainly like bumped into leagues like the Challenger League, which is uh, affiliated with Little League and a couple of things like that, but didn't see a whole lot. And, and just the idea was, you know, for me, it was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to try and have one ball game, you know, and just see what happens. And I got a couple of people to help me. I got some local newspapers to kind of promote, hey, we're just going to have this ball game for, um, you know, kids with disabilities come on out. And that was back in 2007. And, uh, you know, if memory serves me correct, it was like 30 or 40 kids showed up and I was like, oh, okay. There's, you know, there's, there's something here. There's a need in, in the community, you know? And so from there, you know, the follow-up was, well, okay. We had, you know, that was September of 2007. You know, we're going to try and do in, in the spring of 2008, we're going to try and have three games. 
and I, I tend to be a little bit of a dreamer kind of guy. And so I thought, you know, someday I'd love to have a, you know, a big league with lots of teams and lots of kids playing ball and maybe we'll build our own field and we'll, you know, all, all these kind of visions. But for me, mostly it was about kids playing ball, right? So, you know, long story short, we had that three game season in the spring of 2008 and more kids showed up, you know, it was 70 or 80 and it just has kind of progressed from there to today where we, you know, it worked, it's measured in hundreds and hundreds of kids, and hundreds and hundreds of volunteers. And it's a pretty, pretty exciting thing to see where, you know, one silly little idea that happened on a t-ball field in 2007 um, turns into something like that. And that initial thought that you had of, hmm, I wonder what that kid in a wheelchair, how he plays ball. Was that just something that you thought of yourself or is that something that you were exposed to? I would say not a lot of people generally think in that sense of, I wonder how someone else is able to do this who may not be able to. Yeah, no, that was really just a, a thought that popped into my brain at that time. And, and in reality, my, the real impetus underneath why I kind of continued to pursue it you know, it started out with what I always call when people ask me is like the one silly idea notion. You know, we yeah. all have silly ideas, but it's rare to try it. And sometimes, you know, you've got to just try it. And I just wanted to just try it. So I did. But the follow up to that, like the motivation to follow up to that was, you know, I have five children and those five children like live in my family and their experience is basically what they live every day with me and what they live in the context of their school. And I thought just to try and help them to understand my own kids, starting with my own kids, help them to understand that the world's a, a really broad place with lots of people in lots of situations. And that we, we all have a responsibility to community. And that's very frankly why I named the organization Beautiful People. I mean, technically the business name or the organization's name is You Are Beautiful People. It's a declarative statement for a reason that as a community, we want to let these kids, and very frankly, we're, we're in the young adult space now too, because a lot of our kids have technically aged out of what our original program was. So we're still, we're still hanging around and, and finding ways to be part of their lives. But the, the declarative statement really is around the community saying to these kids and to their collective families, like, you are beautiful to us and you are a part of what we are of our community and we want you to be a part of our lives. So, uh, and maybe it sounds a little hokey, but it, it, you know, I thought it was important and, and continues to be an important concept of the mission of the organization. I can only imagine what the thoughts that are going through, even those parents with children with disabilities who never thought their kid would be able to play in a little league baseball field are you interacting with those parents and what are they saying? Yeah. You know, for me personally, the most fun part is actually that this, it's not, I'm not a front and center person in the organization. I, I certainly support everything that's happening and kind of whenever the organization needs me, but I, you know, my, my interest is not really about Peter, to be very honest with you. I like, sure. I kind of like sitting in the background, but what I, what I, I do love is those moments talking with moms and dads and with kids I call those little moments, little treasures I stick in my pocket to remember, right? Which is, you know, when you see a young boy show up at a game for the first time 
and you know let, let's say struggle to throw a ball because they really haven't had that exposure before and then you you watch later that's that season that boy and their dad having a catch in the outfield pregame you know that that's pretty that's pretty moving and pretty impactful and it's those kinds of experiences and stories you know they're the they're the small quiet ones right that are so to me transformative and you know we continue to hear stories about kids who had struggled in school but now have a place and and it's helping translate into better interactions in school with other kids you know more mainstream kids it's it's just there's so many Mm. you know the 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 unintended consequences um that of the starting this organization I, i just thought oh it'll be great for kids to play ball right but the unintended consequences are really are remarkable to me you see parents interacting with each other and and collaborating on finding solutions for you know it's that a lot of parents with kids with disabilities are so focused in trying to take care of the day-to-day needs of their kids yeah. and they're and and then very often they're battling inside the context of the system whether that be um you know whether that be the school systems or whatever just trying to find and advocate the best for their own mm-hmm. kids but when these these families come together at these events, there's camaraderie, there's shared learning, there's all of that stuff. That's something I never imagined would mm-hmm. come out of it, but has been a really, a really great part of the, of, of, like I said, those unintended consequences. So they're learning team building skills and yeah. problem solving and working together. It sounds like there's more yeah. than just children out on the fields. It's, there's volunteers yeah. and the parents and Maybe their siblings, are they out on the fields as well helping them? Yeah. So what our kind of primary focus is, so every every person has the opportunity to have a buddy and and depending on the 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 individual's ability to participate in the game without assistance, you know, we we certainly have some really high functioning kids who just go out and play and we support that. We have other kids who need a lot of assistance. Everybody and uh, you know the the primary volunteer space in our organization is people who come and buddy with other kids during the games. But when it comes to families, our our you know our our first heart kind of with the the moms and dads and brothers and sisters is to actually give them that event where they can just come and watch because they spend most of their day taken care of, right? right. So you know our our stance is like and. There, there are some times where it's just not possible, right? A, a child needs their parents' attention, or there's, you know, there are certain instances where, hey, on this day, um, the child need, needs a little bit more closer touch with their mom and dad. But for the most part, what we try and say is, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, brother, sister, you know, aunt, uncle, and grandma, grandpa, like grab a chair, go sit on the sidelines, cheer, have a great time, watch your, your you know, your family member, just enjoy the game and we got it. And um, and that's where we try and come from, and and it's and it's largely the case, um, is largely the case where the families are just sitting on the sidelines cheering their kid on, and uh, and having a great family time, which is you know really what the core of the mission of, the, of you know it's part of the core of the mission of the organization. I'm wondering what those parents are go- like, what's going through their minds when they're when you tell them it's okay, sit on the sidelines, we've got this, and 
giving reins over to someone else, mm -hmm. especially when you have someone with a disability and you're such a caretaker for them, yeah. are any of them kind of hesitant and be like, no, I don't know. Or are they like, yes, I will take a seat. Well, it really, it really varies. Um, you know, sometimes parents are like, whew, like, great. I'll, I'll take the, the yeah. two hours of, <laughs> of, um, of just sitting back and enjoying. And then there are other parents who definitely, you know, you know, feel the need and, and we, you know, listen, we're, we're about inclusion and, and working together. And which is why, like I said, we, we, you know, we had kids age out and, and our, you know, we were, we were supporting, you know, I think like four year old to, to 18 year old. And then mm -hmm. we had some of our early kids, you know, turn 18 and we were like, what do we do? Well, we change the rules, right? Because we want to, <laughs> we want to accommodate and, and yeah. stay a part of these families' lives. So when we, you know, have family members who are hesitant or there is a real need, like, of course we accommodate that and we work together. And if we can find ways to, you know, develop comfort level that allows them to, to step back, we're, we're, we're thrilled when that happens. And when there's times when, when parents just need to be involved, we're fine with that. One of the, you know, just to kind of piggyback on that commentary and, and kind of touch on two things that we've talked about so far is that, you know, the whole, the whole buddy systems really become pretty interesting. It's what we tend to do. It's not always, per, it's not, doesn't always work this way, but we tend to do is we tend to try and find buddies that can mat, be matched up for full, 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 so full seasons with, it, sure. with the kids so that a bond that relationship. relationship can mm -hmm. can be developed and so what ends up happening you know on the parent side you end up seeing trust be built and uh, them getting more and more comfortable with the person who buddies with the kid and then um and then secondarily when we talked about you know let's say better better experiences in places outside of beautiful people like those friendships in many cases tend to go back to the school Right, so a kid who maybe didn't have a connection. You know, a lot of our volunteers, you know, very frankly, are young people. Right, we we get lots of you know teenagers. I mean, there's certainly plenty of adults, and there's lots of supervision that way. But there's a lot of young people who are who get involved, and so those relationships start to bridge into other places off the field uh, or off the basketball court. Or you know, we 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 multi multi sport now. We do baseball, soccer, and basketball, and so. We we start to see that 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 buddy approach creating those longer term valued relationships um, that 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 have impacts even even off the field. Uh, I love that the relationships that form even after the season is over. And I'm wondering what the the volunteers the impact that they're getting like what are they getting out of it? Have you gotten any commentary from that? Yeah, well, I mean, we. I'll say this for myself, and I and I know this to be true for basically everybody that's involved with beautiful people in a volunteer capacity. We really all pretty much feel like we get more out of the the organization mm -hmm. than the kids do, right? I mean, sure. you know, there's it's it's incredibly heartwarming. It's in, incredibly, um, you know, enriching to our our own lives, inspiring in our own lives um, to get to know these special kids and these special families and to be able to be touched by them. Right. We, mm -hmm. you know, everybody gets into it thinking like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to help. Right. And the reality is, is like, we're all right. just so much better off uh, than we were before we got involved because of those kids influences in our lives. So have you it, seen it, a lot of repeat volunteers? It, it's uh, well, I'll say this much. Um, I, 
one instance, John Hudding, the gentleman who pitched our first game in September of 2007, still pitches oh, every weekend cool. in every game that that we play. So he's, you know, um, that pretty it, much sums it up. <laughs> yeah, that sums it up. I mean, it's very, you know, it's it's 13 years later, 14 yeah, years later. Yeah, exactly. So there's um, and we have great, you know, um, a, a board member named Heidi who runs our our uh, our volunteer. She's just a fantastic uh, lady who runs our volunteer organization certainly is great at helping people get onboarded, get comfortable. And it's, it, cool. it is, um, attrition in the volunteer, uh, you know, volunteer area is not, not normal. Um, we, 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 lots of people stick around for a long time. That's wonderful. And that just shows the true values and the yeah. mission and, uh, just the foundation that you and your team have built. So it's really incredible. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pass most of that. I'm going to pass most of the, <laughs> the, the, um, you know, the achievement there over to just a great team of, uh, mm-hmm. of people across the years that have, you know, have taken the one silly idea from 2007 and turned it into an incredible reality. Takes a whole team effort for sure. It sure does. Village. Yeah. And okay. So how can people get involved? What are some of the open volunteer positions? Yeah, I mean, we're certainly always, uh, you know, buddies are always a, a a great opportunity for people to be involved. We, you know, we have a growing uh, group of kids, and I think it's important for people to understand too. You know, so when I had that that initial uh, exposure to uh, in two thousand seven, in the spring of two thousand seven, at my daughter's baseball game, you know, I envisioned a bunch of kids with mobility devices, you know, running around playing baseball. And 60% or better of our kids are kids with, you know, in the autism spectrum or, um, you know, non-physical disability challenge. And, and so, you know, there's, there's great opportunity for people to understand it's not just about helping kids with physical challenges. It, It really is also a great opportunity to get involved with kids who have, you know, who can really benefit from human the human touch or human interaction and and um and so when it comes to that the buddy the buddy part of the organization is is you know the biggest place where people get involved outside of that there of course there's lots of administrative things that happen when you have hundreds of kids show up there's uh other things that happen and of course you know with the organization being what it is you know, there are people that are involved in helping us raise funds and run events and, and things mm-hmm. like that. We, which we're of course, with the current situation, having to re reimagine like everybody else in the world, uh, what, what events look like and what fundraising looks like. But, um, you know, we're pretty fortunate that we're, we have, a an, you know, an incredibly loyal, uh, donor base and support, but you know, there's there's a broad spectrum of things. If people don't want to just be involved with kids, or maybe they feel it's going to take some time for them to feel comfortable to do that, there's plenty mm-hmm. of other things to do. Um, and the easiest way to to get involved with that is to just uh, visit our website at beautiful-people.us. And what are some of those initial hesitations? You kind of touched a little bit on it, but why would someone feel the need that they're not ready? Have they expressed that to you at all? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's um, you know, if if you if you have a limited exposure to somebody with a disability, whether it be physical or developmental, you know, it's new. 
and and sure. and it's uh, I don't know what to do. I, I remember in that game, like I spoke about in 2007, I was partnered with a young boy named Tim. Tim was uh, was you know was uh, had had autism, and um, and you know we were out there in the field. And, um, you know, we've learned lots of things over the years. It's really good yeah. to have fields that are fenced in, right? We, we, because it Got helps it. us to make sure that kids who, you know, like to run around, we kind of have a, uh, a boundaries that we can, we can help and manage with. But we had, you know, Tim, Tim and I, you know, we're off to the races on several occasions. And this was my first, you know, cause Tim decided <laughs> he was going to go start running. And, you know, I, I had never experienced that before. I had, mm-hmm. I hadn't you know, had that, um, interaction with Tim's mom to say, Hey, you know, when this happens, what do I do? Um, and that's, those are the kind of things that people are uncomfortable with. Um, and, and, you know, we have some kids who have, you know, some pretty severe, uh, physical disabilities. We have some kids who, uh, you know, come to the games with, with ventilators and things like that. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's totally understandable that people have, uh, have, those apprehensions we've got lots of people there that can help take care of those people you know the the kids who have a little bit of additional need and it and what we found is as with anything in life um you know the more time you spend together realizing hey these are just kids who just want to play ball regardless of what condition they're in they just want to have a good time and have fun and um and you know most people find their way I, i I would I'd say most, I mean, in reality, I can't think of an instance where somebody didn't, you know, get over their, that, their initial apprehension sure. and find a way to participate and be really meaningful in what we're doing. That, do you have any trainings to help kind of go over, you know, what is a ventilator and yeah. what, how do you help someone who has autism or is on yeah, the yeah. spectrum? Yeah. So we, we sure do. We have some onboarding and like I said, this is uh, where our, our great board member Heidi comes in. Um, so we have both, we have both, you know, base level training. That's just like, Hey, here's what the organization is. Here's what it means to be a buddy. Here's how that works. And then we have uh, other people who specialize in different types of challenges that come in and share with those, uh, Mm. you know, with, with those teams, you know, what are some things you can expect? How do you, you know, how do you manage certain situations? So, yeah, I mean, part of, part of our program, I mean, in the beginning it was like, you know, we just did our best, right? We, you know, good intentions were all brought <laughs> yeah. on the field and we tried our best. But as we, over time, we've learned, we've put some uh, programs in place to help prepare people, help, help them get onboarded and understand more what it, uh, what it means to, to be a buddy for kids in, in varying situations, right? And we, what I will say is, you know, a, a child who's, let's say, in a high need situation, right? They need a lot of attention or they have a very specific, you know, medical condition that requires some real good attention like we don't we don't ask first time people to come in and and sure. be involved in those types of situations we we you know we uh understand what it means to help people um you know uh, get comfortable and 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 use those situations so we've, we've we're, we're pretty good about that that's important yeah, yeah it's like throwing someone in the fire right yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can be a little hesitant yeah um, but I'm sure they would adapt pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, like with anything. So the rules of the game, we've yeah. got soccer, baseball. I've seen some off-season sports like wiffle ball and yep. such. Um, are the rules the same? Do you adapt them in any way? Does yeah, everyone I mean, get we, a gold medal at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah. So we, we you know, um, for, like for instance, for baseball, 
every team member uh, gets in a bat every inning, right? So we run through the, um, although up at the, there are, there are some kids at the older level who, who are playing baseball, right? We have them, they sure. want to compete, they want to play baseball, and we play baseball. Um, and, and that's the great thing. When we were a smaller organization, we only had, you know, 40 kids or 70 kids. We, we, we really couldn't accommodate for that um, be, because it was just, we didn't have enough kids to come up would create mm-hmm. all the different potential game scenarios. Um, now, now we have you know really teeny kids who are playing t ball, and 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 then we have other uh, older kids who are you know they're they're playing baseball. Um, you know, cool. making making outs and and hitting home runs and and things of that nature. Um, so, um, but for the most part, you know, the the idea here is is to get everybody involved. And one of the other things that we learned pretty well again with such a high population of kids who are in the developmental space and developmentally challenged space and 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 in the autism space is we've modified our game during the game to create you know additional uh, interaction right so it's very often the case that the multiple buddies on the field will also like let's say bring a ball out with them and so in between batters when we're trying to get a batter set up and acclimated to being to hitting we're out playing catch with the kids or throwing grounders mm. or whatever during the game cool. to keep that, to keep, um, you know, involvement high and not be asking the kids like, oh, just sit there patiently till this, this child at bat gets set up to be right. able to hit. So there, you know, we've learned over time, there's lots of things that we can do in, in addition to that, like something that happens pretty often is like local, you know, softball teams or baseball teams will come during our events and pre-game and post-game we'll do training sessions like so we oh, try cool. and you know we we've, we involve th- the community yeah involve the community and and it's um and and that's 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 something that's ha- is is a you know very important part and something that happens very often is so there's a lot of inclusion of other organizations that come out and participate in and help in ways soccer training basketball training baseball training there's softball we, we we you know we get lots of different organizations and and as a result it's not uncommon for some of those kids who participate in that to come back and be volunteers on a regular basis because they're they're the impact of that initial interaction was so powerful that's so cool i love the just the involvement of the community just being creative and adaptive on the yeah. field cuz yeah a lot of baseball can just be standing around and I can only imagine, um, especially children with disabilities, they get really antsy. Yep. Um, and they they need something to touch, hold, do, yep. play. Yep. And that's really neat. Otherwise, um, like when I learned with Tim <laughs> way back when, they start running. And start running. <laughs> and it's harder. Yeah. So I noticed you guys on your website, you had a padded baseball field. Yeah. Why that decision other than just like a traditional dirt grass field? Yeah, I mean, so it, there, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, it's just so much better for uh, kids with mobility devices, right? It's just so Perfect. much better for them. That's what I was hoping you yeah. would say. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it's it's the first part is, you know, when when we were a younger organization, and remember, I told you back in 2007 when I was dreaming big, I was always dreaming of building building a, a you know um, a modified field um, to to you know to be inclusive that way and. And it, so it provides a t- like kind of basically two big things. It provides mobility access for for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. It makes it easy for anybody who's in a mobility device to come out and play the same way everybody else does. And number two, because it's a rubberized surface, it's it's really safe. We don't have to worry about sure. kids falling down. 
getting hurt. Um, you know, it, certainly, you know, on grass, you don't have to worry about that as much, but a lot of the pathways were dirt and have stones and all of those things. And some of our kids, even if they, you know, even if they don't have, you know, outward physical disabilities, you know, just, we want to be careful and, mm-hmm. and, and give them the best, safest, um, playing experiences we can. And so, um, you know, for years, it took us 10 years to do to raise the money um, to do it. And, um, and there were a lot of very, very generous people throughout the years who continued to help us contribute towards that dream. We finally achieved it a couple of years ago. Um, it's, it's a super success in partnership with our local town who's donated property and, and, so and, awesome. and all of those things. So it's, it's, really, it's really turned out to be an outstanding, uh, an outstanding thing for the kids as a whole. We're, we're thrilled about it. And what other stories do you want to share about just the organization, how your family has been impacted by this? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, like I, I shared with you earlier, it's really anybody who gets involved has the opportunity to ca- catch those tiny moments that they can kind of stick in their pocket and carry with them. Because we, we all understand that change in, in the world really comes one small incremental touch point. Uh, an interaction at a time and and it's and it's where i think people are are you know the community at large is the biggest beneficiary of the generosity of our volunteers time which gets paid back in an x factor in uh in you know warm feeling improvement to the community uh all of those things in the end you know the 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 the, the vision really is to build a bridge and to remove the barriers right between the, these families and these kids who are just you know their everyday life is more challenging than than it is right. for a, able-bodied families it's just a reality and mm-hmm. anything we can do as a community to try and to try and eliminate the separation that's created just in the struggle right right There's just separation yeah. just in the struggle anything we can do to um to you know build a bridge between that or remove the barrier of that struggle is really, you know, is, is the mission of the organization and what I think most people uh, understand they get out of that, uh, of that, that interaction. Beautiful. I love that. That's so great. Do you partner with other, other adaptive sports community? nonprofits? we, We tend in our area, we're, we're pretty well known as the, uh, you know, one of the bigger kind of more impactful uh, mm-hmm. modified sports organizations, but there's a lot of collaboration in other com- very complementary organizations where let's say there are other recreational organizations or educational organizations that focus on, and now even for us, adapted living locations because of some of our kids that are aging out of our original program. You know, we're, we're participating in trying to help create a more holistic experience and opportunity for uh, these kids and young adults. So when it comes to, you know, let's say somebody who's in assisted living, you know, how do we work together with them to create programs, those, those organizations to create programs that create a more holistic opportunity, you know, living, sports, socialization, community uh, inclusion and interaction. You know, there's a, there's a lot of that that goes on and, um, we're, you know, we are uh, forever trying to both deepen those relationships um, because we think that they're 
critical. You know, in the end, like, I don't really care all that much about the organization in and of itself, right? I have, we have a mission to be impactful in uh, these kids and these families' lives. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, for me, uh, this is not about, this is, let me invert that and say, this is about being a part of these families' lives and being an impact on them. And then mm-hmm. conversely, like I said, we all get impacted. So for me, you know, those partnerships with those existing organizations, and we're always out there scrapping and clawing, trying to find new ways, new organizations, new partnerships mm-hmm. to try and create a better, more broad, health, you know, healthy, fun, you know, holistic, um, you know, environment for our kids and their families. And what are some of the other organizations? Can you name them in their community that you worked with? Yeah. So, um, so th- this is not my memory is not my strong suit, but there's okay. organizations like Inspire, which is a, a um, you know, a, a partnership mm-hmm. uh, where the kids are are you know uh, influenced in the educational areas. There's assisted living organizations, like I said. Um, there, there are other adaptive sports organizations. Um, you know. One of the other things that we have found that's been, you know, a again an unintended consequences, is there there are lots of organizations people that having are having this same idea. They're having the same silly idea uh, that come to us in regional areas, you know, or or across the country for that matter, who reach out to us. Uh, we're we're talking right now with uh, an organization out on Staten Island, New York, um, who's who's cool. saying, hey, you know. What what are the things we should do? What are the things we shouldn't do? You know, help help us to get this up and running. And we love doing we love doing that because That's again, so cool. it's it's about kids. It's not about our kids, right? It's about all kids. If we can if we can somehow help another organization um, branch out, we do that. So is the goal to just keep beautiful people where it is now, and then just share your expertise and knowledge to other organizations? Or do you want to expand? Yeah, that so I think organization. I think we're not. We're borders? not. There's nothing in the direct future from a geographical standpoint of us like trying to, you know, spread out to other areas. We're always trying to grow our grow our current, you know, constituency. Like more kids, right? The more kids, because sure. we, we know we know we're not touching all of them, right? We know there's a lot more kids out there than we're we're. Right. We know in our county. Um, you know, the let's say four or five hundred kids that we're involved with right now is not it. Um, so we're always trying to reach out better to that and create better programs, right? So our our real goal is deeper, more enriched, better experiences for the kids and for their parents in our space. So for you know we're we're looking to grow incrementally and organically, but enriched, better, stronger uh, programs is kind of what we're what our our primary focus is. That's great. Um, so when you are out on the fields, or I guess your volunteers and people, um, do you feed them? Do you give them drinks? Are those beverages provided from other local organizations that are disability-centric yeah, as well? I mean, we... we yeah, no, no. I know, it's, super it's, random question. No, it's a good question because like mind. I said, you know, there's there are many facets to running a successful, uh, you know, successful weekly event. I mean, which is basically what you're doing. Um, so, you know, when it comes to things like drinks and snacks and stuff like that, they're all there and available and provided. We have, uh, generally, um, 
you know, non-disability centric organizations who are helping us with those kinds of sponsorships, um, which is great. Again, this is about community inclusion and, and participation. Sure. Um, when it comes to, um, you know, when we think about how the community outside helps, it, you, you know, it, it, it cost us, I, um, again, I'm not good with memory, but I think it was somewhere between $350,000 or $400,000 to build our field, right? So when we, when we look at the, wow. the dollars, like it was a lot of local organizations. There was a, you know, a local Toyota dealership, mm-hmm. Johnson Toyota here, who, who raised uh, close to $100,000 oh, themselves cool. to help us build a field. So, the, wow. you know, those types of, um, again, it's multifaceted. You asked about snacks and drinks and, and, and things like that. You know, the, the message there is there's lots of facets and there's lots of people in the community that are helping us make that stuff happen that we're so grateful for. That's why I said before, like, um, I, you know, I, I try and stay in the background for the most part because there are a lot of people that are doing a lot more than, than, I, than I do, you know, um, and, and, they're, and, and, and they're, the, they're the real champions of, of what the organization is and has become. Cool. And what is that legacy that you wanted to leave on oh, your own? You know, kids? the the world is a, is a pretty big place, kids, and and uh, and mm-hmm. there's lots of people in lots of different situations, and it is it is so easy for us to let our own discomfort dictate how we respond to that, and then for us to give ourselves a pass, so to speak because of our own discomfort. And my, my message to my kids are, is like, lean in. It's, it's your job to mm-hmm. put that aside and go be a part of people's lives who are in different situations than you. That's, that's, your, that's your job. That's your, your um, role in the world is to make the choice to make the world a better place by not letting your own apprehension stand in the way of you touching somebody who, um, you know, it, it, you have to get over your own apprehension about to, to get involved with. That's really, mm-hmm. that's, you know, we're, we're all just people, right? It does, we're all just people. We are. There's no, there's, we just look different. Yeah, exactly. Smell it's, different. We're all just people and there's nothing, <laughs> there's, so just, you know, just yeah. be a people and go and, 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 uh, and connect and, and and you know what'll what'll happen? What I always encourage them is, you know, it'll happen. Like ten minutes in, it won't matter to you anymore. Like all that will go away, and uh, you'll realize, exactly. oh yeah, we're we're just people. I know I Google stalked you, and I read a bunch of articles. You formerly had a band, yeah. or was a drummer. So, do you bring out your drumming skills out on the field I, in I celebration? Don't. Um, <laughs> I I. I know. Come on, I know. Peter. You know, it, it's, you sit down and think, like, okay, can we can we incorporate music? And we've we've thought about all that, especially you know with what's happening mm-hmm. right now um, with coronavirus. You know, the reality is we're we're rethinking lots of things because we have to adapt, right? To sure. we can't we can't get four hundred kids together on a ball field in May. We we don't normally have um, you know our our uh, spring baseball season in May. Sure. Can't do that right right now. Um, it just mm-hmm. wouldn't be good for them and. And we, we want to be super careful about them and their health. And so we're thinking about all the different uh, different things we might be able to do. So who knows? Music music might be a part of that. Yeah. yeah, that would be really cool. I'd love to see that. 
Um, but I know I've seen you guys have adapted your yep. Facebook page as well. Yep. You have Zumba classes and other ways to yep. just continue movement. Yep. Movement is so yep. important for everyone, regardless yep. of disability or not. So can you speak a little bit about the organization and yeah, how you guys I mean, are the, doing the, that? The, you know, the, the, um, the impetus there, the reason why we're doing that and trying to stay involved and keep kids moving and busy and interacting is, you know, the challenge that um, families with kids with disabilities have has just, you know, been, uh, you know, up a couple of notches, right? Because they're, they're, they're at home. Mm -hmm, there's, right. there's no, out, there's no outlet uh, um, outside of the home. And that yeah. is just, you know, that just dials up the, the challenge and the pressure. And so we're still trying to find ways as creative as we can be to be involved in, um, in these families' lives. And we're doing that through things like these, uh, you know, online Zoom classes. Another thing that we're doing uh, quietly behind the scenes is a, a, we're, just, we're just making phone calls to moms and dads and just, uh, you know, cool. 15 minutes or a half an hour on the phone and saying, hey, how are you doing? Is there anything we can do to help? What, you know, how, mm -hmm. and, so, and sometimes just the phone call um, for somebody to be able to say, hey, yeah, it's been a tough couple of months here. And, and, um, and hey, thanks for the Zumba classes or thanks for the phone call alone um, is, is a part of it. Um, just right. to let them know that we're thinking about them and we care about them and that they're, you know, just because we can't play baseball doesn't mean we don't care about um, being a part of your life. And we know that the struggle is real and dialed up a little bit right now. Um, so those are the types of things we're doing. Right. Yeah, I would say the community outreach is so important. It's something that I do in our nonprofit as well is just reaching out on a quarterly basis. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. How are you doing? Like, I'm not here to ask yeah. for money. I'm just here yeah. to check in and say hello. Um, just to know you and get to know you and it's the, see it's how the human things are going. Part, right? so. That's, I mean, in the end... Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's lots of other nuts and bolts that have to happen and, and as part of all the things that we do. But, you know, I mean, what's the goal for all of these things that we do, right? Is in the end is to make human connections and recognize, right. like I said, we're all people and we're all trying to do the best we can. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you, Peter. Did no, you have I anything just, else I to thank share? Thank you so much for, for this opportunity to, to be a part of this and, and uh, welcome. appreciate your, you know, it's short term, but your friendship over the past couple of weeks here that we've gotten to know each other. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah. And, um, well, I'm so excited to see how our company can work with mm -hmm. you at a local level um, in the New York area because yep. I know we have an office up there. So hopefully with COVID, yep. maybe next year, we can be out on the fields and helping yep. out and that. being a buddy. So I'd I would love, love to see that. That'd be, that'd be great. That'd be really cool. Well, cool. Pleasure, Thanks, Gordon. Peter, so much for your time. Yeah, and you too. Bye take bye care. Stay safe. Bye. Thank you, friends, for listening. Please rate and follow this podcast or text CARDEN at 470-588-1215 with comments and suggestions. Tune in next week for another disability topic.